Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yovano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first. Welcome to the Partnership Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Crawford, and today we have an exciting conversation with Kendall Clark, Chief Commerce Officer at Vertical Scope. In today's episode, we dive into who Vertical Scope is and its role in the consumer journey, the importance of user-generated content, and consumer trust. Basically, all things partnership economy. Kendall has 10 years under her belt with notable experience in corporate development and digital media strategy. In her role as CCO at Vertical Scope, she plays a vital part in finding and expanding new revenue streams while handling all things commerce strategy. Her specialties include a passion for building effective and functional teams, affiliate marketing, negotiation, and market strategy. It was great to hear Kendall's insights today, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as well. Hi, Kendall. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about this one because I think when uh, people think of Vertical Scope, they might draw a blank. I, I kind of look at you guys as one of the biggest publishers that no one knows by name because you own so many publications or, or um, forums that people will recognize. So maybe you could just give everyone a better understanding of who Vertical Scope is and some of your key assets, I guess, that brands might recognize. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. We definitely do go under, you know, a few different names. We went public last uh, last summer, actually, under the Fora ticker. So you definitely will see different brands um, that come across associated with Vertical Scope sometimes. So great to explain and happy to explain who we are and what we do. So at our core, we're a community tech business. We focus on different niche communities that are passionate about really particular products and topics. Specifically, we focus on acquiring, growing different communities that have a strong alignment in the shopping or product space. So very relevant to affiliate, very relevant to performance marketing and other brands. Our mission overall though, is to enable the world to share expertise and discover knowledge on subjects that they love. So while other social platforms focus on connecting family or friends and sharing some of those moments in your life, we bring together people who are passionate about the same topic and product. And so you can go on there and you can read, um, you know, reviews, ask questions, get answers on other subject matter experts that have, you know, a deep passion for the same product that you love. So while your friends may not necessarily be able to automatically answer questions about something you're the expert in your community, you can kind of tap into other people who are really expert on it and they can give you advice on different products, different techniques, different things like that. And so that's one of the areas that we really play. We also do, though, have a number of editorial and more pure play kind of affiliate sites. And so those similarly are pretty niche focused, um, but they can, 
you know, add a lot of depth into that uh, topic. So when you look at something like we acquired the streamable last fall, which is one of the leading uh, streaming services websites, it tells you where to watch whatever event at whatever time, you know, what pro what shows are coming and going, which are the best ones for your needs, um, you know, really niche, but a great affiliate business that helps drive, you know, products and conversations. So while a lot of people don't necessarily know who Vertical Scope is, you know, if you have a hobby or you have a really specific problem about anything, you've probably landed on one of our sites and, you know, have been on there asking people questions and getting some really great, rich answers from them. Yeah. I, when I think about, you know, back in the day, these kind of like message boards and then that evolved into the forums. I mean, there are people that are super passionate. The people that start them obviously are the ones that are the most passionate and then they kind of attract those other people. And then you have the people that I guess, want to be passionate or want to know more. And so to me, I think the hallmark of your business model is really trust, right? That, that this is not manufactured content or advice. This is people that really care, that really know their stuff, whether it's a vintage cars or, or some tech questions or streaming services, like they are people that are just um, obsessed with it, I guess you could almost say, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, are so passionate about want to help people want to answer your specific questions, you know, kind of geek out on the specific topics that other people care about and, you know, find those, those audiences. And so, yeah, those really passionate members are keen to get other people kind of into that hobby or to talk uh, in depth. And so you do have these really great, uh, rich and authentic uh, answers. So, you know, we've been working really hard on building up more technology to understand exactly what products are being talked about, exactly what's the sentiment or what's the information that uh, this person is giving about a specific topic, the context, the relevance, and then understand, you know, how do we pair that together to say they're top talking about a very specific watch or a very specific aftermarket upgrade on a motorcycle or whatever the product is and then how do we understand how to contextually add additional content that would be helpful for the user or not right because part of the challenge that we face is that people are so specific about what they're talking about but it's a really great rich conversation that's going on and so you know how do we help to bring more users into that and get them the right information that they're looking for so let's talk about the revenue model. So you have all this content and conversation going on. And as you said, you're trying to analyze all that content. Um, I imagine, as you pointed out, it's a lot of product-specific recommendations or discussion points. It's not just a general kind of talking about cooking and chef knives. There's, you know, this chef knife is the one that I think is the best or, you know, for this special technique in, in preparing something. So how... How is that being monetized? Is it by the moderators or the people posting, or is that something that you're layering in? Is it is it a hybrid? Where's where's that kind of happening? Yeah. So traditionally, a lot of our monetization has been through display advertising, whether it's programmatic or direct. We have some other business models within that. Um, so I lead up our commerce and affiliate business. So really looking at, you know, how do we monetize the links within that forum? And so traditionally, it's been, you know, a user happens to post a link, right? And so they might mention a product and not link it, or they might mention that product and link it as, to give, you know, reference to the very 
like specific one that they're talking about and kind of make that user experience a little bit better. So traditionally on the forums, we've monetized it through either Sovereign or Skim Links or sometimes Direct um, and looking at, you know, how do you monetize that? More and more we're thinking about, okay, well, how do you take those unlink mentions and, you know, figure out a way to show a user what they are talking about. And we did a great acquisition um, in Q4 of a company called Threadloom, and that's really helped advance our technology regarding that. And so it's been really great to start seeing how we can leverage more product understanding to be able to bring up more uh, affiliate performance marketing through that through the forums. Because it's pretty interesting, right? Like people often, you'll see them at, in a conversation and someone else will say, oh, can you drop a link to that? Not because they want any affiliate commission. I'm like, this is amazing. Of course they want to drop a link. That's awesome. But it's actually to really make sure because they're like, I don't know exactly what you're talking about or that is a, sounds like a great product, but I don't know which retailer even has that. So like, where should I go to buy it? And so it's really great and it's so relevant that if we're able to help these users and add value to the users who are shopping, and earn more commission or, you know, help connect with some of our partners. It's great, right? And we can help, you know, bring forward that shopping experience and improve the shopping experience across our forums. We also, though, do have, you know, a lot of monetization across our other sites that have been more pure play uh, affiliate over throughout the site's um, time. So if you took a site like AutoGuide, you know, we have um, a large number of pure automotive parts and accessory reviews. And that would be kind of a traditional pure affiliate, whether it's to eBay or Amazon or other, um, you know, auto, direct auto parts um, manufacturers. And then we do have, you know, some really great um, affiliate businesses, like I mentioned, the Streamable, but also, you know, treadmill reviews and a number of others. Can you give me a sense of just the footprint of Vertical Scope? Like, I guess... I don't know what kind of stats you could share, like the number of properties or forms, just like how, how big is it? What, what stats yeah. can you, can you share or just facts? Yeah. So we are over a thousand different forums. Um, we have over a hundred million monthly active users, and then we have over 50 million members on our forums. So, you know, it's a huge footprint across North America. It's actually, you know, you don't you don't realize to my earlier point that you've been on a vertical scope site. Maybe you're even a member and you don't realize, um, but people go on and they need to ask a specific question or they want to talk about how their experience with a product, good or bad, right? So we have a lot of really passionate members um, and guests who just kind of come by and try to get that information. So it's actually a really large footprint. So I know you guys have a pretty aggressive um, acquisition strategy. Can you kind of just walk me through how Vertical Scope uh, has been growing and kind of its strategy moving forward? Just how do you act on acquisition? Yeah, so acquisitions, it's a, it's a large part of our business. It always has been. Um, we do acquisitions from, you know, relatively small niche sites right up to some pretty significant uh, businesses. And what we look for really some, like, you know, strong businesses that we have conviction of the product, the category, especially on the forum side, we look for having a product focus. So something where, you know, people are going to be shopping, looking for recommendations, not highly regulated, that kind of thing. And then um, on the more broader content and a kind of pure play commerce side, we do look for sites that have, you know, some really strong kind of fundamentals, 
good content, you know, credible writers, really um, white hat, you know, SEO tactics all the way and looking for, you know, where do we have conviction that this is a good industry to be in and that it's going to continue to grow. When we kind of think about just some of the topics that I like to dig into on these uh, podcasts, like what's top of mind right now when you are thinking of the vertical scope business? Yeah, there's been a couple of things that really like lately have been kind of top of mind. One, you know, reader trust and credibility across the broader industry. You see everybody is, you know, the the landscape in affiliate, and I'm sure you agree, so dramatically different now than it was five, 10 years ago. I've talked to some, you know, entrepreneurs who've been, you know, who we acquired sites from before and they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm not doing, you know, entrepreneurial startups and affiliate anymore. It is way too, com- like, too competitive now. Used to be a great, easy business to run in and scale fast. Not that, not that way. It is so hard now. And I think in part, it's because there's a lot of big players who've come into this space and have leveraged a lot of their domain authority and a lot of their, you know, large editorial businesses to write a lot of content. And so trying to understand, you know, reader trust, who are they going to trust? I think that's going to be a really unique positioning for us moving forward because we have all of this user-generated content that is very credible and unique. And then I think there's a fair bit of distrust broadly, whether it's because of, you know, either fake reviews or, um, you know, biased uh, coverage. I think that there's a lot um, where, like, you know, I think consumers and shoppers are pretty savvy and they're starting to ask more questions, I think, than they maybe historically did. And then also just the macroeconomic changes. I think it's top of mind for everybody, right? Like what's going on with recession, stock, supply chain issues? There's a lot of questions that are, you know, very pertinent to operators in the affiliate space, right? What, like what products are the best? What products are people going to be wanting to shop for? Because it's either high price point, low price point. What do they need? Where are they going to continue to invest? You know, what, products are even going to be available. It's going to be year over year. I think there's been so many changes that it's been really challenging. And, you know, some of the changes that I think probably stress every um, digital operator also, just these algorithm changes, right? You know, whether it's Facebook or Google or any other, you know, large traffic source, there's been a lot of changes, you know, changes to cookie policies coming up. Those are some of the things that are so top of mind, I think, for every publisher who's running in this space right now. Yeah, I agree with you on that recession part too. It's um, it's a where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Is this another six months, or you know, is this going to be another year or two? And after all the pandemic challenges, I mean, it's just like when's it all going to end? I, I worry, you know, with the interest rates going up. I mean, I think the biggest concern for me is just consumer spending coming down, um, which is just going to cascade through the whole industry, whether you're you're selling impressions or doing a performance-based link, or sponsorship, or influencers. Um, how do you justify um, you know, uh, uh, the same marketing budget when you're not seeing the same revenues? Have you had those kind of conversations with brands? Are they starting to surface that? Yeah, I think so. You know, one of our big uh, areas of our business is in uh, fitness equipment, right? So you could imagine at the beginning of the pandemic, it was an amazing spot to be, right? Like ride that wave. We were dominating the SERPs for everything related to treadmill reviews or uh, spin bikes. And so 
a hugely amazing business <laughs> for about a year. And then reopening happened, you know, COVID lockdowns were lifted and everybody has already, if you were going to buy a treadmill, you had already bought that treadmill, right? And so it's so challenging. And, you know, you could really see some of these fluctuations no matter like you see it like peloton up to their pricing people are changing their models you know we're good partners with uh both soul and nordic track and they or ifit um and they're great partners but you know no matter how big you are right now you see you know everybody is having challenges with with all of these comparables and how much people want to spend and whether they should go to the gym or you know I think there was a lot of pulling forward in demand in a lot of categories. And so people who kind of thought maybe I want something and maybe they traditionally would have bought it a year or two from now have already bought things. And so you're seeing this pullback in spending on certain categories. Other categories are really strong, I think, still. And there's going to be a lot of shopping, but it, it's an interesting spot. Like even um, I think, you know, advertisers are starting to say, okay, depending on the category, we actually have too much stock now. And so we need to try to move it. And people don't seem to be as keen to be buying right now. So let's look at discounting. What are some of our sales tactics? But it's hugely confusing for a consumer because of inflation being added on top of that. So, you know, the pricing is coming up, but then there's sales on certain products. And so it is the sale actually any good? There's been some really interesting pieces. I think the Wirecutter did one on trying to navigate, you know, the inflation and discounts and like what's actually a good deal now and where you should look at. A lot of brands, a lot of businesses, you know, I, I don't know anyone in the space who isn't thinking about it because people are gonna make decisions differently when gas is expensive, groceries are so expensive. You have to make decisions now on what you're spending on. And so it'll be really interesting to see where that ends up panning out. I agree. It's the big, uh, I guess, million dollar question right now is where is this all going to end up? But I, I feel hopeful that this will trend out and we'll get back to something a little more normal. Um, uh, but uh, I guess only time will tell. So transitioning to my next topic, what is keeping you up at night? People, right? Just thinking about our teams, thinking about, you know, kind of dovetailing, I guess, on the earlier question, you know, there's been so much fluctuation, you know, years are great, years are, you know, a lot weaker, you know, we've been having some really great uh, trends in our business, especially, you know, the streaming uh, part of our business is like, you know, continuing to be strong. And you just see, though, people are having a hard time. And we talked to lots of publishers who are facing the same thing with, you know, teams are tired, teams are stressed you're seeing a lot of fluctuation you don't really know what to expect and then you know the stock prices across you know all of tech are really struggling and really just trying to kind of navigate that and understanding what these shifts are going to be and kind of what your realistic goals should be for the business it's exhausting for people i think and you know how do you navigate coming back to work and all these personal choices on top of that and if you're permanently remote what does that look like how do you think about you know interacting and all these social dynamics it's um really right now is trying, you know, I spend the majority of my time really trying to think about, you know, how am I supporting my team? How am I trying to think about what we should be going after? What makes sense? Knowing that the business, like I said earlier, is fundamentally different now than it was five to 10 years ago. It's, you know, really, okay, well, what models make sense now? And where do we have conviction that this is a good space to grow and push into, right? You can't do everything. And so trying to really narrow that in is important. Yeah, the one thing I think like to me, COVID 
um, kind of gave us a, a trial run at being agile, <laughs> like making changes to our businesses uh, and, and people's lives, you know, suddenly all working from home or working while traveling and having to have an office at home or, you know, uh, some semblance of, a, of an office. And then uh, we start to kind of barely come out of that. And now we have this economy that's changing. And I think, I think you know, in a, in a good way, we're, we're like we're, we've exercised a lot. We've trained for this to, to make changes to the business and be more agile. So I, I've, in some sense, I think it's good for, for businesses to go through things like this because you kind of take a, a harder look at are we as efficient as we can? Do we need to spend this here? Is that something we should be rethinking, right? And I, and I think COVID, like I said, kind of helped us think about that in a very rapid um, and, and frankly, you know, this economy kind of changing really happened in a matter of uh, weeks, right? I mean, things seem to be going okay. There were some questions. Is this permanent, temporary? And then it suddenly seemed to be more of a, a big deal and now businesses are having to react to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, right? And, you know, I think there's, at least I'm trying to kind of circle back and say, okay, well, we made these changes when we were in like, you know, the heat of battle effectively, right? Like our businesses are, there's certain sites going, you know, extraordinarily well, things are taking off, you're struggling to remote, like, or you're just changing to be remote. So you're making decisions. And then I think there's also this piece of, okay, now this is permanent. Like we are, you know, vertical scope at least is a remote first or, you know, fully remote workplace. We have some offices, but that's if people choose to come into them, it's their choice. And so now that this is a new reality, you know, we're kind of circling back to say, okay, so are these the right processes? How do we dictate what things are? My team, I'm lucky most of my directors have been with me, you know, at this point, like five-ish years. And so, you know, we had a really great rhythm when we were in the office of who's doing what or who has bandwidth, let's pick something up or how do we support people. But then a lot of that, you know, natural flow between employees has to be very purposeful when you're remote, right? And you have to make sure that you're communicating or you end up having two people doing the same thing and no one doing the other thing. And it seems like, you know, having these very direct roles and responsibilities sounds like something that would of course you would just have it but i question if most businesses truly have everything as buttoned up as they would love to have right and so i think there's some of these pieces that you know we at least are going back and circling you know circling back to to say okay how do we make sure that employees know exactly what's expected of them what should they be doing how do we they know that they're being successful in their roles and what are these tangible outcomes and you know metrics that they should be looking at and you know, I think it's all a very good and healthy process, but it is something that, um, you know, you want to make sure that people are as productive and performing as well as they can. And I think a lot of that is just being clear and, you know, communicating effectively so we can reduce that stress, right? Because, you know, I think there is a lot of stress and especially, you know, with inflation and everything else, people, you know, we talk always about the shoppers, but our team are actually consumers as well, right? And so you need to be thinking about like, how is this actually affecting all of my team at the same time? Because their gas is going up, their like groceries are also going up. And how do you think about, you know, what what people are facing, right? And um, just making sure you're you're thinking about being supportive in the right ways. 
Living in the modern consumer world means leaving your brand's credibility and trust in the hands of the very people who use it. With communities and forums like those at Vertical Scope, finding consumers who enjoy products or services similar to yours are an effective strategy to engage consumers during their buying journey. This has always been challenging as search engine algorithms are constantly changing and many content sites rely on organic traffic. In addition, consumer spending is changing due to inflation, increasing interest rates, and the potential of a recession. This is why it is important to collaborate with users who are passionate about your products to deliver its value to your audience. Next, we'll dive into what industry dynamics have Kendall's attention. All right, well, so let's talk about industry dynamics. What's got your attention right now? What have you been focusing on? So I think what's been really getting my attention is actually, you know, where, you know, the dynamic on where people are coming into the to the SERPs and like specifically, you know, a lot of the affiliate business is really, or at least ours is really based on organic traffic and, you know, looking at how that dynamic has changed over the last few years and what you need to be now as a publisher or as a technology provider to, you know, win in this space, right? And, you know, I think Google's been doing a lot of wonderful things around having great product reviews, really prioritizing hands-on content and really thinking about, you know, who, you know, who has the right to win, right? Who should be winning in some of these spaces? But I think that there's going to still be a number of kind of dynamics that are shifting there. And I think it's also, um, some of the dynamics between when you see like the big fluctuations, I think publishers are seeing in certain programs and pushing towards, you know, getting more on-site revenue sources from, you know, some of the big retailers and looking at, you know, how you help kind of keep the buying journey within different retailers. You know, I think that there's an interesting kind of dynamic that a lot of us publishers are kind of grappling with, right? Who are you partnering with? Which are the providers, whether it's, you know, the Amazons or Ebays or Walmarts or all the other great pub, great retailers that there are and how you're kind of working in with them as well as working in with SERPs and like whether it's Google or paid and all the other traffic sources or newsletters. And, you know, if you have a great direct channel of traffic, that's amazing too, right? So really trying to think about how that traffic mix and revenue mixes changing over time and you know making sure that you're positioned in a way that you can um, not be too dependent on any one source because i think if if we've seen anything it's just that these fluctuations can be pretty strong now between different businesses and how all the retailers are changing and it really to me speaks to these industry dynamics being very much in flux right now and just trying to think about how you create a large and sustainable business is really kind of getting my attention because you're seeing businesses now really a lot of big publishers you know kind of talk to about um seeing some of these fluctuations right and it's i think it can be really painful for the operators or the people running those businesses so uh, it's been kind of i've been keeping a, a close eye on yeah especially yeah especially the organic the reliance on organic is just i mean it's out of your hands i i, I have seen it feels like to me in the last couple of years google's intentionally shifted um, where if you searched for a product before in the organic search results, you saw brands. Now that's pushed into the shopping and the content that's talking about those products is really what's coming up in the organic, which is what consumers are looking for, right? They want that trusted third party opinion on, uh, or advice, um, you know, when they're trying to do, do, do a, 
upgrade to their car or trying to figure out, um, you know, what how they should invest in a treadmill, which one should I buy, you know? So I think the good news is at least that Google recognizes that that kind of content is what consumers really want. They don't want to see an ad for a brand that sells that product because they're not even ready. They don't know which product to buy yet, right? The ad is not going to convince me to buy yet. I need the I need the information, the, the expertise. So, um, but then I guess the question is who gets, who gets on that first and second page? Cause that's still pretty finite real estate and there's so much content. Well, that's it. And you know, it's truly, it's like, who's getting to that first page and who's getting to the top few results on that first page. Right. And I remember when I started, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, the space is so big. And as publishers, we can all kind of work together because, you know, there's enough space for everybody. And then very quickly, I think in the last couple of years, you're like, oh, you're bumping up, right? And you keep bumping up against these other publishers. And it's still like, I love the affiliate space because I think it's very friendly for the most part. And, you know, people really go to their way to build good partnerships and relationships across uh, across the industry. And I think that that's amazing. Um, but you, you do see, you know, you're bumping up against, you know, this publication or that publication now more than you used to. And it's, you know, it's a definitely an industry kind of dynamic that um, I think everybody is watching, right? Because, you know, who, who Google favors to be and like why they favor certain publications, you know, it must be something that they're thinking about on a, you know, daily, ba daily basis, right? I'm sure there's a team there thinking about it. They're never going to let us know <laughs> what they're thinking. It's like a secret room with, uh, you know, a vault. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely challenging and frustrating, but um, when the SERPs point your way, you know, it's very, very rewarding and uh, exciting. But uh, I, I agree with you. It's, it, you're just beholden to something you can't control, which is, you know, obviously a risk. So when you guys are looking to acquire businesses, I mean, how, how do they get on your radar? Oh, a, a wide variety. We have lots of people who reach out. You know, we have an acquisitions team. People reach out to them. People reach out to me. People reach out, you know, broadly um, to, you know, our uh, chief operating officer who runs our acquisition team. Um, and, you know, we constantly have a team who's kind of scouring and looking and doing prospecting and trying to see if someone fits kind of our criteria and then reaching out for that. Um, so, you know, there's a variety of different entry points into that kind of acquisition funnel. But, you know, when it comes to the, the SERPs, we really do think about like who has built like a really strong and good business because, you know, Google is going to catch if you've done a lot of black hat kind of tactics and it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't really matter when you've done it, if, you know, they'll, it'll catch up. And so we really are trying to make sure that, you know, we buy assets or buy sites that we believe in and want to continue to, to help grow and, you know, that they have like a longevity to the, to the business. Well, this has been a very interesting, uh, look under the covers of vertical scope i i like um learning more about your business and kind of just the way you guys look at everything and and just uh, the sheer amount of of reach you guys have um obviously is um very impressive and uh, probably very appealing to a lot of brands out there that want to be more involved with you um, if i am a brand and i want to work with you guys is there some way that i can reach out if we're not working together already and this is something that i'm interested in exploring yeah, definitely. Um, you can reach out to myself or we have a number of 
people on our kind of merchant team that help work with brands. And so, you know, reach out. Um, if you go to our website, we do have um, contact kind of forms to fill out to make sure that anyone can kind of reach out and those get sent directly to our inboxes. So we do look at all of the brands who kind of reach out and say, hey, I've got this great affiliation with, you know, my products would fit so well on Toyota Nation, like, let's talk about that. Or, you know, we can help try to, you know, foster some of these conversations. So if you have a niche brand that you think could do well on some of our sites, you know, definitely reach out and we can talk about what that could look like. Well, Kendall, thanks so much for coming on. And I really, really appreciate all of the information and insights that you shared today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Todd. Appreciate it. User trust and user-generated content now go hand in hand. We've all had those moments when we're trying to figure out the best products to buy. Instead of responding to ads, we're more interested in other people's opinions and experiences with those products to make a buying decision. With consumer spending curtailing due to economic conditions, user-generated content, recommendations, and reviews are more important than ever in influencing consumer spending. Changes in the economy are also causing brands to rethink their media spend, often leading to budget cuts in programmatic and search. Brands now need to be more creative in their marketing strategy. With user-generated content that is both evergreen and performs well in organic search, Consumers are making buying decisions from content created by users they trust. It was a pleasure speaking with Kendall. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to next time. Thanks for listening to The Partnership Economy, brought to you by Impact.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts.